For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place for the show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I have a special guest, former Chiefs wide receiver J.J. Burden. J.J., thanks so much for joining us. Hey, what's up, gentlemen? It's good to be on here. Looking forward to chatting with you. JJ, it's so great to have you, a fellow wide receiver. Uh, well, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can. Uh, I'll say it while you're on, and you know, when the linemen are on, it's fellow linemen. But you know, I live in a couple of different camps. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, my first question for you. You know, when I think of JJ Burden, I remember watching you. The word that comes to mind is speed. I just remember you being an absolute burner. Now you look at this current Chiefs squad. They have the Legion of Zoom. Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, McCall Hardman, so much speed. What, what are your impressions of that group, and how would a, a J.J. in his prime kind of uh, compete with those guys as far as uh, speed? Yeah, you know, I love that. I love that element, you know, seeing those guys with all that speed. Because let me tell you something, either you got speed or you don't. And if you got a lot of it, guys struggle trying to catch you, you know. And, and you see Tyreek and, and, and the other two, it's just – it's really cool because if you can get the ball in the hands of one of those guys at any point, they're taking it to the house. And that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. So I think a young J.J. healthy 4-3-3 guy, I think I would have fit in there nicely. Yeah, J.J., let me ask you this. One of the things that we talked about a lot during the season as the as this speed thing really became a factor, and now we look at, at what other teams have done in the draft, right, and going after speed because everybody – it's a copycat league, right? Everybody's yeah. always emulating – do you think that the Chiefs, when, when we were there, did, and, and Coach Hackett and Coach Pendry and some of those old offensive coordinator names that you hope the fans, you know, they remember, do you think they did uh, um, uh, the same type of job or, 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 you know, does this team, does Eric Bieniemy do a little bit of a better job of using speed across the field? Because I always remember, I always remember using your speed was always seemed like it was down the field yeah. like you very rarely and it here I am I'm operating in this six foot box I can't see anything right but but like I just remember you going vertical and it seems like today's speed is used horizontally and vertically do you do you, am I right am I in the right ballpark there as a former lineman in that kind of assessment yeah you're right on point Joe because I think that was one of the things that frustrated Willie and I Willie Davis ran a four three three two we right. both had that speed but they didn't really maximize it. It's like when they used it, it was a little predictable that we were going to run a go to clear it out or run a post. And, and even like you said, the opportunity to run deep ends, deep overs, and really show that speed. It's unfortunate, but it was a, it was a different offense, you know, mm -hmm. and it was more ball controlled, Marty ball and all that. But there were a lot of missed opportunities. That's why when we did score, you got to see the speed in action. But a lot of right. times, 
Willie and I created those opportunities more than they were designed for us. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. A lot of it came off play action. You remember that Eagles game in 92, right? We yeah. just destroyed uh, Andre Waters because yeah. he just was so focused on Christian and Barry and Bill Jones and those guys just mashing it up the middle. And that kind of opened some things up, but you're right. It, it seemed like it took a lot of work to use your speed today. They just seem to maximize it on every part of the field, vertically, horizontally, you know, just quick stuff um, where it seemed like it always like it just every time I remember seeing when I see highlights of you catching, it was always like burning down the field because you beat somebody and it wasn't really like you were schemed into it. Right. Right. And I think you hit the nail on the head because offensive coordinators today, they're, they understand more the power of what a speed guy can do in defensive game plan. Cause if you got a guy over here that runs a four, three, four, two, you have to game plan that guy. And then if you have another one, oh my goodness. And this is, I think, one of the challenges that the Chiefs offense puts on current defenses. Who are you going to lock in on? Right, right. Who are you going to double team on? And there were times when we played, they would just easily decide, let's double team Burden or let's double team Davis. It was so such an easy decision for them back then because of how our speed wasn't used as much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you were such a fan favorite, JJ. And, you know, you coming to Kansas City, right? And, and and you have to refresh my memory because I don't know if you and I have ever really talked about this because I always remember you kind of coming from the Cowboys. And 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 I, I it's not that I forget about the fact that you started and were drafted by the Browns, but but I I kind of like there was a gap in my memory in that re- remind me and remind our listeners, was it was it Marty's connection? Because was was Marty your coach in Cleveland? Refresh my memory. I'm I'm a little fuzzy on on those yeah, so dates Mar- back in the late '80s. So Marty drafted me in Cleveland. Okay, that's and what I, I thought. I tore my ACL ligament up in minicamp, so that whole year I'm on IR and I'm mm. just watching and rehabbing. And then I get cut. Marty leaves. He gets he gets. I don't. I can't remember if they fired him, but he goes to KC. I go to Dallas. And Jimmy Johnson's like, Hey, come on, kid. We're gonna play you. We're gonna play you. Joe, I'm on practice squad all year. I never play in a game. And then Jimmy Johnson after the season says, I just don't know if you're going to be ready for the NFL, so we're not bringing you back. Oh, so, okay. so that happened. And then, you know, I already knew I could play. I just needed to get sure. healthy. Mm-hmm. And then Marty and a couple teams started calling, and I thought, well, Joe, I'm going into my third year. I better choose wisely. And I just felt Marty was the one coach who believed in me was going to give me the most yeah. fairest opportunity. Well, that was smart, JJ. And that's so interesting, JJ. I didn't realize that Marty, I obviously knew he coached you with the Chiefs. I didn't know your connection dated uh, back to the Browns. That's really cool. Yeah, and it was nice because there were like several teams that wanted me, but I looked at two things when it came to the Chiefs. Marty, and at the time, I don't think anybody was running under four or five or four or six on the receiver course. So I'm like, okay, I got something they can use, speed, (laughs) Right. They, they had a need for sure that you delivered on that. And we're going to get back to that. I have some questions about Willie Davis for both of you. But first, did someone say playoffs, the NBA, MLB, and the NHL are in full swing and our partners at Bet Online have you covered? I know I'm excited with the NBA games, the playoffs about to resume. I can't wait to get in on the action. So take full advantage of sports betting. They're back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, you mentioned Willie Davis, the other speedster. Um, and, you know, the teams had a choice of whether to kind of double you or double him. I was wondering, JJ and Joe, have you guys kept in touch with Willie? Because he's now, you know, he's got a Super Bowl ring from he was a pretty uh, high-level scout, uh, finding a lot of this talent that won the, uh, won the Super Bowl. Yeah, we stay in contact. I've been very impressed with Willie's transition to life after football and how he's able to stay in the game and really be an asset, which is obvious, the way he's played a role in uh, identifying, you know, the talent, the players that the Chiefs have. And um, when he, um, when he, when they won the Super Bowl, I'm on this text feed with Willie Davis, Dana Hughes, uh, Lake Dawson, Chris Penn, and Alan DeGraffenry. Oh, that's a great man. Yeah, that's a great group of guys. Anytime something happens cheese-wise, we're going back and forth. So we were teasing Willie, man, you got a sumo ring, and we don't even have one, you know. So we're having fun with him. We're we're really happy for him. Yeah, that's he, he. You know that what a what a great number one. What a great group of guys that is. Right, I'm talking. You're talking about class, just char- guys full of character and just yeah. fantastic players, man. And we've we've had Dane and on kind of celebrating his new, yeah. you know, voice of the Chiefs, right? Filling in for Len Dawson and uh, jumping in there. So we we were excited to talk to Dane and that kind of led us. Well, we got to get JJ. We're like we're turning into like a wide receiver podcast here. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Willie, Willie, I think in his ability to, to evaluate talent now, a lot of it's going to come from the fact that, you know, not always your superstar, highly touted, highly recruited players coming out of college always make your best coaches and your best right. scouts, right? Because they, they have a – they just have – Willie has a sixth sense for seeing talent. Willie and I have, share a great common bond in, in, in coming out from the World League, right? Like after our oh, – yeah. you know, my rookie season with Kansas City and Marty and Carl approached me with like, hey, Joe, you need to get some experience. You played at a small school. Let's, let's throw you down with the Birmingham Fire. Willie did the same thing. I think he was with the Orlando Thunder. You know, it just – he just – he just has that, you know, when you have that kind of background, yeah. you can identify a little bit more with talent than always looking at the, anybody can see who the number one yeah. pick is coming out of college, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's being able to find those diamonds in the rough, right? And I think that's where I think Willie's background and his ability that he grew up in the league. He just wasn't somebody that was handed to him. And yeah. I think that's probably really helped him give him a leg up in, in identifying all this great talent that he's seen over the years. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And I agree because a guy like Willie, even myself, because, you know, maybe we weren't the prototypical, you know, college receiver coming out statistic wise and all that, but we both had those intangible, those things that, you know, if you don't really look closely, you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Willie's perspective is a lot different because he's going to look past the obvious and he's going to be able to see that little something extra that maybe he had that the scouts didn't recognize. And obviously he's been an asset to the personal department for the Chiefs. Yeah. J- uh, JJ, you mentioned that uh, wide receiver tech strand and you guys were going back and forth during the Super Bowl. Where did you watch uh, Super Bowl 54 and kind of take us through your reactions? The Chiefs obviously trailing pretty tense game. Yeah, it was, it was a very exciting time. I think, and Joe probably knows this, it's like, you feel like you're still in the Chiefs, you know? <laughs> you, you're going through the playoffs, you feel like you're still playing. And, and the reactions I had was like, almost like I was still playing. It was like, I felt like I'm still part of the Chiefs. And we had a big gathering, family gathering here. And I told my family, I said, hey, 
win the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, I'm dusting off all of my game day Chief jerseys that I haven't pulled out in 30 years. So my all my family members were wearing my jerseys, and we just we just had a ball. And that's awesome. And, and I was like, "Don't worry, they're gonna come back. They're gonna win." Because as you know, they had a pattern where they would kind of let a team jump out, and then they were strong second half teams. Totally. And so I knew they were gonna win it. Joe, oh. actually, speaking of that swag, Joe wore his uh, the T-shirt. I think he clinched the division with right, Joe, when you were watching yeah. it. Uh, uh, I, for, took I guess it, it was the AFC Championship game, but I, so everyone was I guess wearing their old Chiefs swag. For, I took uh, it out of I took that one out of the plastic, Jeff. I actually Jeff, <laughs> it was like, look, you're either wearing this or you're, I'm throwing it away. Like you've got all these T-shirts. And JJ, I'm super like I've got to get you know your family in touch with Jen and my girls because. No one wore my jersey during that AFC Championship. <laughs> we went up to John Brown Smokehouse to watch the AFC Championship in, in Queens, uh, uh-huh. in New York, right, right near where Tony Richardson lives. He actually lives like a couple blocks away. And one of my daughters had Marcus Allen jersey on. My other daughter had Joe Montana jersey on. I was like, guys, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, I got some, all these jerseys over here collecting dust. <laughs> Nobody wanted to wear the 73. They're pulling out the Marcus Allen, the Joe Montana jersey. <laughs> so at least they were wearing the JJ88. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, JJ, tell us about what you're doing today, man. Tell our listeners what you're doing, right? You, you obviously – Went on to, to play with the Falcons afterwards, right? Had really good good run there and, and did some really great things. As an in, indoor turf, you must have loved yeah. that, right? Coming, you know, you track star like you, right? Um, yeah. But tell us about, you know, that and then what happened subsequently after and what you've been doing for, you know, we know you're settled in the West and what's happening? Yeah, so after I left KC, like you mentioned, I went to Atlanta and finished, played two years there. And I, I reached the point where I thought, Joe, you know what? I never thought I'd play in the NFL. This is my ninth year. Let's walk away and begin life after football. So I was happy to end the career and, and did a couple of different things because I wasn't really sure. I dabbled in coaching and I thought, do I want to go that route? Because I knew that if I wanted to coach, I want to go to the highest level. But I'm thinking these coaches have no home life. I don't want oh, that. You know? Yeah, tell me so, about it. Yeah, so I did some businesses. I got involved in a couple of businesses. But then finally, I became a professional speaker a motivational speaker and I finally found the niche and the passion because my concern was like you we we traveled an interesting journey to make it to the NFL to stay there there's a lot of lessons that we learn that we can teach to others and that's what I've been able to do to use that platform and especially when you played at 5'10 157 pounds you know <laughs> not a lot of guys in the NFL weigh 157 so I've been able to relate to so many people yeah. Especially those who feel like an underdog, kind of feel yeah. like odds are against themselves. So I love it. I'm doing a lot of corporate speaking now, and it's just been a great fit. Yeah, I've seen your clips, JJ. You do a fantastic job. And tell us about you. You've been writing too. Tell yeah, us about, out, about right? sharing yeah. sharing your your uh, your passions via via words and text. Tell us. Yeah, about that. I wrote my first book about several years ago called "When Opportunity Knocks: Eight Sure Fire Ways to Take Advantage." And the book is really about seizing your opportunity. Because mm-hmm. I feel I'm the poster child when it comes to season and maximizing your opportunities. And so I wrote kind of a blueprint for anyone who's, you know, has got a goal. They got something they want to achieve and they're not really sure of the process. And so I kind of take them through some steps of what worked for me and how they could, that could work for them as well. So, so that was really exciting because I always wanted to be an author. But I'm already in the beginning stages of writing book number two. So we've got another one coming out probably next year. Fantastic, That's JJ. That's great. Thank you. Well, we'll have to have you back on to uh, when you're 
ready with that second one here. You know, you guys mentioned uh, the Eagles game. One of my favorite that I was actually at that game. One of my, my maybe the favorite uh, Chiefs game I was ever at, and JJ was such a big part of it because I remember all week everyone was talking about that Eagles defense, that great Eagles defense, and what the Chiefs were going to do. That East Coast bias, Joe. Everybody yeah, was of course everywhere, and it was the national game, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to be such a slugfest," and the Chiefs uh, just went deep to burden to everyone else and just blew them out on national television. That was so much fun. Um, yeah. So that's my my favorite kind of JJ moment. JJ, give us your favorite. I ask every guest this. Your oh, favorite I know. Joe American. memory recollection to, makes, uh, uh, from your days together. Makes me blush every time. Jeff does <laughs> JJ every time. Yeah, favorite memory. Wow, there's there's so many memories. There really are, and and I I'd say it'd be the the it would be between my first NFL touchdown, which took place in the Seattle Dome, and that was after a long journey. But I have to admit, that 1993 and 94 team, that was something special. To be yeah. on with Marcus Allen and Joe Montana and Derek and all these incredible team members and how when Joe and Marcus joined our team, how much that lifted us mentally and took us right to the AFC Championship game. There were so many exciting moments in that game. And, and I think that Houston game, the Houston game when we won in the second round, we came back. Wow, remember what that was like, Joe, when we came home, flew into the airport, and how many people are at the airport like, waiting for us? It was that like was two incredible. or three in the morning. It was late, and it was, there were people. Do you remember the people that were sitting in the rafters? Yeah. They were, Jeff, they were literally sitting in the rafters. One of the most inspiring moments you could imagine coming That's back awesome. uh, from that game. We'd go in there, you know, probably, I don't even remember the Vegas line. I'm sure we could look it up. We were probably at least eight-point underdogs in that game. Yeah. Nobody yeah. gave us a chance. The House of Pain, you yeah. know, 11-game winning streak, the yeah. run-and-shoot offense, Warren Moon, you, Buddy Ron. Like, it just goes on. The list goes on and on of all the obstacles we had to overcome. And you're right, J.J., that was, a, that was amazing. And I think it may have been – maybe it wasn't that trip that we were on, but I remember, <laughs> J.J., do you remember when I, I broke your and Rob Thomas's uh, headphones and, and – <laughs> and, so you guys had so JJ was always ahead of the time technological, right? He was JJ always had like the newest gadgets, right? Like whether it was you know I'm I'm really dating ourselves, Walkman, Discman, yeah. right? JJ big music fan, a little recorder, big, a little video recorder. Yeah. So JJ that. has this. JJ is the first person to get this like mini television, and it used to play these little eight millimeter tapes, right? So I know, well, it was so inspiring that, that uh, Dave Craig saw yours and he got it for the lineman as a gift after that year because he was so inspired by J.J. and Rob Thomas would watch movies on the road. So as cl I'm the clumsy goofball <laughs> offensive lineman, right? So J.J. and Rob are watching a movie on this cool, like it was about the size of like a half a loaf of bread. Like it was, yeah. I mean, way ahead of its time. And I, they had these two connecting headphones and I stepped on the headphones and out goes, bam, and the thing hits the ground and the headphones break. And JJ just looks at me like, come on, Joe, you big klutz. Like, here I come, the big goofy, you know, 300-pound lineman walking down the aisle of the bus. And I always, JJ, I'm going to apologize, you know, 25 years later, I apologize that I broke your guys' headphones. Yeah, maybe I'll finally forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Good but memory JJ on was, the technology. That is so funny. Yeah. But JJ, you know, you were you were such an inspiration to, you know, the younger players that came in. And um, you know, I, I just think 
the world of you as far as what you've accomplished like you coming out of track right and 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 not really like football wasn't really your your thing like I remember reading articles and stories about you going to Oregon and it was really track it was kind of like catching the eye with your speed mm-hmm. and then you made this transition and you know that's just it's it's inspiring so I could see exactly why people in, in, in our in our world whether it be corporate or personal stories would want to hear your inspiring story because you were really an inspiration to all of us and you know, the, what you did and, you know, and, 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 and I mean, not to being critical of it, but, you know, being completely undersized, you know, not your prototypical and to do what you did for nine years and stay healthy and recover from injury and do all of it, man, hats off to you, JJ. And, and it's, it's inspiring. And you were a great teammate and, and always were, man. Uh, I appreciate that. That means a lot, you know, because when I'm asked about what, what am I proud about as far as my career? One of the things is the fact that I made it. Because you know the odds of making it. Mm-hmm. High school, college, and, and for someone, like you said, I went to Oregon on the track scholarship. I literally begged the head coach the second year, can I walk on? I was just trying to prove people wrong. And, and there's a lesson I teach from that is that, you know, sometimes in life you have to create opportunities where it appears none exist. Because if I hadn't begged that coach to allow me to walk on, I don't go on to play in the NFL, you know? So yeah. that's what my message is about to people. Go out there and seize and maximize the opportunities. because There's so many out there waiting for us. So, but I appreciate that, man. And I, I enjoyed the time with you too, because there's always guys that make an impact. You remember Joe Valerio was one of those who made a positive impact on well, my life. So. Speaking of that, JJ, I want to hear, I heard about your favorite Chiefs memories, including that Houston win. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear your favorite or your most memorable Joe Valerio story. I know he broke your Walkman, but I, I hope there's a, a more positive <laughs> one we can get. So. No, I think, I think it, what we used to do, and Joe didn't know this, the receivers would say, okay, when Joe scores, what's he going to do in the end zone this time? <laughs> you know? what is he gonna, is he going to know what to do? You know, and I think one time he fell over and another time he did something. So that was, that was what we were looking for. Okay. Let's see what he does. Let's in the see end what zone. the big guy can do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll refresh your memory, JJ. I did probably the worst cabbage patch in the history <laughs> dance when I scored against the Raiders, Jen, when I came off the field and, and, you know, after we came out of the locker room, we went to our little after, you know, afterward uh, tailgate and whatnot. She said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> and, and, you know, here's my five foot, you know, five wife, I'm six, five, right. She goes, don't, don't ever do that again. That was <laughs> uh, so I, I, I embarrassed the family with that. And then, um, the 49ers game, I just kind of just held my arms up and Keith cash jumped on me so fast. I didn't even get to do anything. Yeah. Um, I was just in just incredible, just, I was just completely in awe of that and that one. Then it was, you're right. Then it was the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the game against the, uh, uh, Broncos. Uh, let's see. The- Broncos. Then I did, that's when I did the nesty plunge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was not good. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then there was the salute when Steve Bono tossed me that one. That was mm-hmm. a salute to my grandma who, who was, uh, you know, I was just kind of a little paying a little tribute there. So oh, cool. that was my, those were my four, celebrations you know <laughs> catching yeah. keith, keith cash was my favorite our, our younger listeners are getting quite an education they're learning about walkman's the nesty plunge <laughs> yeah. which we yeah. remember the in, cabbage in the nesty ads a guy falling back <laughs> into but uh so go go check youtube for uh, for anyone for for a certain demographic listing here well it's a great you know it's a question because as a wide receiver i would literally think about okay when i score today what am i going to do in the end zone you know and like you mentioned, Jeff, the Philadelphia game, I had two touchdowns that game. Mm. And the first game, I took my helmet off. I've never taken my helmet off, but I 
said, I'm taking my helmet off today. Well, they outlawed it the next year. Right. <laughs> and then the next touchdown, I don't know if you remember this, with, they left me open. I was wide open. It was the hardest catch I had to, ever had to make. And I was by myself. And I remember like getting there like, okay, I didn't think about two touchdowns. What am I going to do now? You know, <laughs> I was just typing, so. <laughs> uh, but I always used to ask JJ, come on, JJ, you know, you got to use your name, the, the bird, man. You got you to gotta flap your yeah. wings. Let's get a little, you know, get them to, to, to play the song over the loudspeaker, you yeah. know. And I won't sing for, you know, to, to, in respect of our listeners having to hear my singing voice. But, you know, I always wanted JJ to do the bird and like flap his arms. And, yeah. you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe if you did that in Atlanta, I didn't get a chance to see those touchdowns, JJ. But, you know, you were a perfect fit for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That song came out, The Bird, by the time. And my nickname was The Bird. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was always waiting for that. But, man. JJ was the guy, you know, we always used to say you clock him, they clock him on a stopwatch and they clock the rest of us on a calendar. So <laughs> he, he could fly, man. JJ, you told us about uh, watching the Super Bowl. Everyone had the JJ Burden jerseys on in, in your family and you're texting your former teammates. Uh, how closely do you follow uh, this current Chiefs team and give us, you know, we know it's an unusual season so it is hard to predict but give us some predictions you think they they might re repeat or go back to the super bowl yeah i follow this the chiefs organization very closely social media makes it so easy you know but i don't see why the chiefs would not win another super bowl the, the, the challenge the chiefs have is really they're competing against themselves and when you've won a super bowl and everybody's coming after you um you got to a be able to rise each week but the talent's all there. It's even better. So now it's a matter of can the Chiefs not defeat themselves? Are the players going to still remain uh, humble and hungry and honest and put into work every single day? That's what it's going to come down to because a lot of teams win a Super Bowl and not everybody can repeat. And a lot of times it has to do with the mentality of the players. Not everybody's used to winning a Super Bowl and know how to repeat it. So I'm hoping just what I see from this team that the leaders are stepping up and keeping body everyone in place and just taking it one day, one game, one week at a time. Jay, how do how do uh, how do our listeners follow you on social media? How can they grab your book? I mean, everybody's going to hear this and they're going to want to they're going to dive into these stories and and what you're doing. So how how can we uh, let everybody know to stay in touch with you and and learn more? Yeah, best place go to my website jdburden.com. Um, you can sign up for the Burden Report. That's my monthly motivational newsletter. You're going to get your my top 10 takeaways from playing with Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana. Nice, so, um, nice. And then that's a great place to order my book. I and mean, you can get it on other sites, but I only sign the ones that come through my website. So okay. jjburton.com. Nice, nice. Yeah, my dad always used to joke, JJ, speaking of Joe and playing with those quarterbacks and, and the things you learn. My dad always used to say, Joe, I, I, I always knew you'd make it to, to the Hall of Fame. I just didn't know it would be on somebody else's plaque. So, you know. <laughs> So I love, I love that you do that, uh, do that little uh, top 10. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's a lot of good memories. Absolutely. We, like you said, we played in a game, a world that very few people get to be a part of. And I saw a stat the other day, the NFL is a hundred years old and 20,000 men have played the game. Wow. And we are two of those. Yeah. That's crazy. God, I, I never, I never dreamed. I, I never dreamed it would, it would be me, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's awesome. So great to catch up. Yeah. That's really special. JJ, before we wrap up, you know, who knows what we're all hoping, crossing our fingers, that we do play a, a complete 16-game season. If they do, any, any predictions for a Chiefs uh, record this year? What the, what they, uh, how many wins, losses? 
I definitely think the Chiefs will be in that 12-4, 11-5 range. I mean, they're going to lose some games, of course, but I, the belief I have in the Chiefs is the second half. You know, the second half of the game, the second half of the season. And here's the last thing is that when you have a franchise quarterback, which we now have, mm-hmm. you're always going to be in it. Right. Think about Marino and Elway and Montana and Young. They're always going to be in it. So we definitely know they'll be in the mix when it comes in. Okay. Well, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. JJ, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, well, thanks for listening, all you out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.